0: episode 4 of Cookie Bastards. It's been a while since the last one so I'll just run through uh, the premise again. So each month we get together and almost come to blows while discussing four recently released albums and one classic that none of us know. Then we act a little bit nicer to each other when one of us introduce an act that we love. So this month's recent albums are Drunk by Thundercat, Rocket by Sandy Alex G, Silver Nesso's What Now and No Shape by Perfume Genius. The classic is a hip-hop album from 2004. Um, mad villainy by mad villain and then i'll be introducing you all to the national so i'm going to start with some questions that are actually um kind of based on the national because i'm such a geek about them and a lot of people tell us that the national are a band that that really grows on you so you learn to love them the more you listen to them so i want to start by asking nirmal which of the five albums grew on him the most
1: yeah, so uh, the one that um, I kept coming back to over and over again, and even though I didn't didn't really care for it at the beginning, was uh, the, uh, the first one actually the Mad Villain one, uh, Mad Villainy. I, uh, I when I first listened to it, I was pretty uh, turned off by the um, interjection of these um, I don't know what, what, what I don't know what you'd call them. You'd call them like uh, um, pop. Or sixties era <laughs> like narrations about um, the state of a superhero or villains and <laughs> such something like that. Um, and I kept, uh, kept getting irritated by that, but then uh, I kept coming back to it, and I was like, oh, okay, I, I see. Kind of, I'm beginning to understand how this kind of works together with the with the hip hop. So the the I kind of I kind of like that.
0: Right. Okay. Um, well, Mad Villain. Yeah. Just to give a bit of context on Mad Villain, then is uh, it's sort of A hugely respected album it was voted in the top 50 of all time by pitchfork readers for example so it's a pretty huge album and i know that um i know fans have been waiting for like a follow-up for a long time but for me it was another um one of our classic albums which seems to be a theme with the classic albums for me Mm, yeah that i think i would have loved when it came out um it was kind of the music i was listening to around that era but
2: Right when it came out again? What year was it coming out? Oh, Okay.
0: Yeah. But now, um I think maybe it's a little bit and it comes into what you just said, Neyman, about the um the weird sort of interjections, it's a little bit too of its time to really do it for me, I think. Um yeah. there's there's something that's dated it even in sort of thirteen years. Um But I did I did think it was a good album and I did think I like how it's sort of a short a collection of short songs. Um to nothing, but then that in a way made nothing really stand out to me that much, um, other than maybe the track Figaro, which really stood out to me on the album. It's like quite dark and gloomy beat, but really sort of pulled you in. But then, other than that, the, as the whole album, I found I found it it didn't nothing stood out to me. And I kind of the opposite to you, will stopped listening to it quite early, um, just because it wasn't it wasn't grabbing me.
2: Yeah, I think. Um... I'm going to give it for Anne this time, and generally speaking, I think uh, you took the words out of my mouth, really, about the fact that it sounds a little bit dated. I I actually find it quite interesting with uh, newer genres how fast things become dated, you know? Uh, In fact, I was listening to Needle Drop that I'm a pretty religious follower of um, in the last few weeks, and he was talking about one particular genre, I can't remember which genre it was now, where he was saying it's dated from 18 months ago which I thought was a pretty extreme example of that and maybe maybe he's wrong but still that that kind of concept of of that amount of time making a huge change to the genre is is really uh, interesting to me you know so and i think this is a good example of it so uh although um i was i was not really into this genre at that point in my life um maybe had i been open to that a little bit this this album would have felt more fresh but it just felt a little bit um Yeah, a little bit tired, to be honest, although I I realise... I can see why it's very skillful, though, so I'm not trying to dismiss, um, you know, the overarching ability of the the album to sort of produce clever stuff, but I just... Yeah, it didn't really grab me, and I I have to say, it's the hardest one of these six for me to actually talk about, in a sense, because I I just feel like I'm a a little bit... It's a bit of a blank slate compared to the other ones, so do, do you... Can you see what we're saying, Normal, or is it sound? Does that sound totally off base?
1: I don't know. I mean, uh, I yeah, I can definitely see that, and I think I had that feeling. But I think that's that goes to that question of which one grew on you. And I think, you know, Fran, uh, you um, really haven't given it enough time. And I would say, Nick, uh, you <laughs> are so quick to dismiss this album that you are not acting in good faith with the project. Wow, which is to stick with something long enough in order for it to have some kind of growth. So whatever your impressions were at the beginning, if they're the same at the end, you know, you just haven't done your job.
0: (laughs) I'm going to stand up for myself a little bit there and say, I mean, when I say I didn't listen to it for long, I, I think I listened to the album... At least 15 times. Um, I mean, he, and I didn't, I didn't even specify how many times I listened to
2: it, so your assumption that I didn't listen to it much yeah. is, is pretty out of order, frankly. <laughs> think, this, this album was on repeat um, as I slept through the night for multiple days. I've even got a tattoo of his face on my back now I listen to there it. There you much. go, exactly, yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
0: well,
2: well, actually, I do know him, I actually know him. We're personal friends, so, you know, we're, we hang out all the time. I, I did
0: give it a good go, though, and I think... Um, I gave it a good go mainly because as someone who used to be really into hip hop i saw how big it was and how how much of a classic it, it is yeah. and i think it was number like 37 in pitchfork's best albums of all time which i'm not saying pitchfork's the go to yeah for this but it's it, yeah, it's, it's a, totally a, a heavyweight list a i suppose yeah 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 magazine so i was really kind of i wanted i wanted to really like it which is why i chose it i want to say this was my pick so yeah i wanted to really like it i've always i've meant to listen to it for a while but it just I don't know. Maybe we should we're we're not another fifteen
2: listens, Nermal, I don't know. I'm glad we're not in a situation where the ones we pick are the ones we automatically feel we need to defend, because I, I don't think that's a healthy. Yeah. No, I and mean, anyway, you don't know them anyway, you pick something because you think you
0: will like it. Yeah, I suppose, so. I suppose so. It. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think this is actually the first time that we've had to gang up on Nermal actually. So yeah,
2: yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: And that's that's also the first time that Nermal's been
2: quite that patronising to us. Yeah. <laughs> it's a whole new level of patronising, which you know I've witnessed for many years, but. I kind of all right with that, though. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. You find it amusing, but you, haven't had, you haven't had a decade of it like I have. <laughs> you
1: know, you know. I think I think uh, the uh, the uh, narratives started to be almost comical and hilarious in relation to um, what's happening politically right now, and so I'm, I'm just love to listening to it, and I was just feeling like, you know, what I need now is a villain that I can believe in. <laughs> this is This is the guy, and, and, I, and I started believing it. I started believing it. And I liked it.
0: Okay. I mean, I think it is meant to be quite a comical album, and I think actually, um, yeah. I think the um, the idea actually coming into talking about modern. I think some of the recent hip hop albums we've listened to, like Odyssey and stuff, are so political and so in this moment mm. that maybe that's part of what dates this so much. Is that a lot of the hip hop we've been listening to as a group yeah. is very now. Yeah. yeah, and and this isn't so. Maybe that's part of the struggle to get into it. I don't so know. what
2: Normal's basically arguing, which is that it's so topical, is is completely incorrect. Is what you're basically saying, just to just well, to clarify, just to make that more. Yeah. yeah, Just a
1: failure of the imagination, really.
2: Right. Okay. Fair enough. Fair enough. Okay. No, no. Uh, um, yeah, I, I don't know what to say more than that. Really, I, I feel like it's a little bit, uh, a little bit less to say than other ones where. I'm more invested, honestly. Well, this is uh, one of the reasons I was a bit concerned about question? it because I wasn't too, wasn't too invested. Yeah. Uh, do you want? Yeah. Have a sure. question for
0: you now. Nick. I'm happy to answer the question about growing the grower as well, though, if you wish. But anyway, go ahead. No. Go well, ahead. I was going to go for a different question, which yeah. I hope you prepared an answer for now that I've asked you, because if you've not, then we may be in trouble. Well, we'll see, won't we? But um, so another thing about the national, you know, I've, I've tried to theme the questions a little bit around them this time. So I wanted to ask Nick because the lyrics in the national are what make me really love them. I wanted to ask Nick which was the most lyrically interesting album to him. Uh, and this is not to include the national in that. Yeah, not to include the national. Oh. I did run
2: these questions by us, but it's unaided. Unaided. Well, I'll say oddly, although I'm not, I'm not saying this in the context of absolutely loving the album, but I'll say that the Silver Nesso, um actually had some uh, pretty interestingly spun lyrics. Um, I'm not going to pull them to mind at this minute, but um, I thought it had some some clever ways of rendering things to do with a lot of the album's themes, which were largely to do with, um, I felt like largely to do with, uh, the kind of energy and joy that that couple, that they are a couple, by the way. Uh, they actually mm-hmm. recently got married. In fact, I think the cover of the album is actually a picture of them embracing or something after their on their wedding day. So, mm-hmm. um, so I thought, um, the kind of, uh, joy in that was quite well represented in the lyrics and I, I suppose that's that was quite an interesting example um i i'm not saying though that it was my favorite album of the set um and this is not to include the national in any of this conversation right now yep. but um of the others it wasn't my favorite of the set uh I, I was a big fan of the first album by this band i don't know if either of you come across it have you no i'd never heard of them until you put them on this list no, no well, did you know the first one no i did not Okay, uh, well, I kind of knew it because I, we have a vague connection to one of the members of the band through a friend of a friend. And that's the same as your connection to mad one. villain. Uh, yeah, yeah. We're, we're best mates, yeah. exactly. Right. Yeah, we hang out, as I said, yeah. <laughs> um, he's round my house now. She's just in the living room. I'll go All and right. get him, yeah. Okay. Um, yeah, so Excuse the, the Sylvan, yeah, the Sylvan, the Sylvan uh, I had this investment in the first album and as a result, I can't say I was objective going into it. I was, I was hoping... Very much, they would be as good as the first one, and I don't think it, it was. And there's a couple of reasons for that. I think ultimately it's a two piece band that does kind of smooth electronica with a really kind of sultry vocal over it. She's a very good singer, I think. She's an intelligent songwriter. I said the lyrics are good, and I, and I don't dislike really necessarily anything in the electronics of it. But I thought some of these songs were just too. Like fly, throwaway pop, almost for me, just for my personal taste. It was hard for me to get on board with some of the songs. There was um, one of the examples was well, probably the, the worst one of the album was the one called "Song." I thought, um, which is which was one that sort of flagged uh, the fact that it was irritating in its own lyrics, which I thought mm. was quite <laughs> staggering to actually have a song that says this is the song that you're not going to forget because it's such a repetitive song. Uh, called Song, and I was just like, Jesus, you really got to try and rein it in with that, you know, it's,
0: it's, just, it's just too drop, much. Didn't it? Oh yeah. no, I don't was, think you was... would have found it irritating if them, but I think they put that in your head, you you know, you probably loved it, but it's... I don't think so, this. I don't think so. It, it messed up your head, man.
2: It was, it, was it was a thinner sort of beat, it was, there was a couple of good things on it, there was a really good um, sort of, I don't know exactly what it, what I could hear. It sounded like a granular delay or something on it on the vocals, on the beat in the in the choruses, which was really interesting on that song even. And that wasn't that was the weakest song on the album, I thought. But uh, but some of the elements of the song were just a little bit too crowd pleasing uh, pop for me, just for my personal taste. I think it would it'll go down well in general, and I think there are some really good high points on it. Uh, and there's also some really out-of-place tracks, uh, which I really liked, uh, like Slackjaw was one of the songs, which is a very delicate, which she did a couple of songs like this on the last album, was all very, very delicate, um, kind of uh, subtle, uh, almost old-style blues track from, you know, from the, from the 40s or something, 40s or 50s or something, so, but very, very stripped away. Um, so that was great, um, even though it was a little bit out-of-place with some of the other songs. But um, yeah, I think overall, the, the best thing about the album, though, if I sort of end on that, is, is I, think, I think it really did represent the joy a lot in their relationship, which I, I I see. If you ever see a performance of them, they've just seemed to be extremely happy to be together on stage doing that, performing that music. And especially the, the guy out of the band, I don't know, I don't know their names, I'm afraid, the, the guy out of the band um, is uh, really um, just... Loving every moment of the experience, and that that comes through I think quite a bit so that's that's my say on the on thesylvanesso one. What do you think no
1: i maybe my response to the Sylvanesso was uh, uh your your assessment of its pop uh, elements kind of explain why I felt uh like it was very placid and digestible and um, uh, background to
2: but, um, and that's a, that's a criticism, I assume, is it? I, you know, for me, that's a
1: criticism,
2: yeah. Okay, okay. It, it,
1: didn't, it didn't pique my attention, and I think that's, you know, from what you're saying, and I think that's fairly accurate, is that the moments of it just uh, seemed to glide away from me as I was listening to it, so there's just nothing I could hang on to. And, you know, okay. I, I'm reminded by, of this uh, uh, quote that I heard from um, listening to The Moth one day, which was the storytelling show. Which uh, uh, was, uh, you either have a good time or you have a good story to tell. You can't have both.
2: <laughs> so you know, right.
1: it's like the joy and 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 stuff like that. That's fantastic. You know, it's really great. But you know, uh, I'm 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 personally kind of I'm not I'm kind of bored by all of that. You know, just sort of like, <laughs> <laughs> you. You had a great wedding. Let's
2: just be clear. Noam just stated that he's bored by joy. That that's really <laughs> well, a remarkable off, statement. You know? You've spent a lot of joy in your
0: life, mate. <laughs> I mean,
1: who isn't uh, captured by the feelings of disconnection and alienation and uh, sadness and uh, seeing the beauty out of that, right? As if, uh, you know, uh, uh, hey, this is a great, happy marriage and, uh, and I'm going to sing about the happiness of it. I
2: mean, come on now. <laughs> well yeah, yeah fair enough I will say by the way before, finish, before Fran talks just to say that the, the, the previous album I really recommend to people I think it was actually just called Sylvanesso possibly but it's, it's their only other album um, and it has some some really good stuff and also a little bit more varied topics I think um, across the, the the range of the album so anyway but i cut in
0: Fran go ahead well first of all Norman I'd like to say that um, I don't think you gave this album enough of a chance I think you should listen to it a few <laughs> more times um <laughs> So, you know, go back and know, to it again
1: thought, there.
0: <laughs> <laughs> But also, if I was answering my first question to Amel about which one grew on me the most, I'd say this album. If I was answering my second question to Nick about which one had the best lyrics, the most interesting lyrics, I'd also say this album. Ah, and if I was okay. saying which one I thought was my favourite of the albums, I would say this album. Okay, um, wow. I'm really surprised they got to say. It started off as an album that I felt... Do you I just, felt, you just I want to ask
1: yourself and respond to your I own do. questions? More questions.
0: <laughs> I can do that if you want. Um, you might get bored. It's the French um, show. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, this, it really did grow on me, though. It was an album that I actually felt a little bit like you at first, Nemo, that it was a bit backgroundy. But the more I listened to it, I found it really interesting. And I don't think it was kind of stuck in in one theme. I think um, maybe maybe it is a little bit the second song, uh, Die Young, which is one of my favourites. Uh, maybe that is a little bit about the marriage and everything, but they make it really interesting. I mean, the lyric, I was going to die young, now I've got to wait for you, hun. Mm-hmm. Is, it's a it's much probably, more original way of talking about a relationship that you're very happy in. And I found some of it quite dark in the album as well, like the song Radio... Which I thought was kind of a song about like our internet-obsessed society and always staring at screens, and you know, there's lyrics about TV queens and faking the truth in a new pop song. I I found them really interesting. Um, But then also, I found the album was like the the music's very joyful, but actually, I felt like listening to the lyrics a bit more. There was some really interesting, relevant themes to the times. I didn't find Mm. it was kind of one-dimensional. So again, I think maybe you know there's there is a deeper there's a deeper something under the surface than just that yeah. quite joyful sound which... and, I, and it's
2: certainly true and i and i i know i'm harkening on an album you, you haven't heard either of you but that first album has some songs on it there's one i think called wolf which is uh, a really interesting example of what we're talking what you're talking about here Fran, in terms of um being a very dark song that sounds very placid and mm. pleasant and clean um, as all their songs sound sound very clean, really. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, that that sort of implies what you're talking about with this new album as well.
0: I think. So yeah, I, think so. I think it's there. I think it's there is a lot of a lot of it is just joyful, but I think there is a darkness to them, and there's a, quite a lot of sarcasm to them, and so I think maybe the surface of it just being really happy is kind of if you if you go a bit deeper. Not that I'm saying you didn't go deep, of You know, I'm not judging you, but. Judge yes. Nermal, come on. Well, yeah, I'll judge Nermal. I, I
1: feel like you're judging me, and I wish you would dig deeper into <laughs> my thoughts.
0: Well, I'll try. Um, but yeah, is that it for Sylvan, if so? Yeah, I think so. Well, I'm going to suggest then, favorite, then. That's that good. we go it on to. Good, I guess. Yeah, yeah, you should. Yeah, how many times do you listen to it, Nermal?
1: You no, know, so, <laughs> I listen to it so many times, I just don't. I lose count.
0: <laughs> okay. Well, I'm going to suggest um, just because I'd like to get it out of the way, then that we go on to "Drunk" by Thundercat next. Um, okay. Normal, do you want to get us started?
1: My second favorite album of this list
0: is um, one other
2: than Thundercat's "Drunk." Is <laughs> Thundercats "Drunk"?
1: Uh, this was the funniest album I've heard in a long time. uh, I might go with
0: that, but maybe different reasons.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Probably uh, the cleverest uh, little uh, uh, juxtapositions of of sound and uh, speech. You know, Uh, so I just, I just was, uh, I was riveted by how self-deprecating he was and how attached to um, very standard kind of joys that we all have uh, but undercuts them all the time with an image of uh command and so i thought it was uh yeah in general i just thought it was hilarious i it was i was totally enjoyed this album and i think i was also taken by the fact that you know each al- each song seemed to be like two minutes <laughs> or less it, just, <laughs> it started before it even got started uh, which which uh, was kind of unusual and, and
2: you know, again, fun. Have you ever seen him perform, I mean, on, on YouTube or anything?
0: No, no. See, you I've should seen look that him up. perform, which was why I was quite excited about, um, about hearing this album. Because I've seen him on Jules Holland. Um, yeah, I've seen, I've seen him, him a on a few Classic videos B, as well. And he's, yeah. he's, he's really interesting to watch. But listening to the album, I kind of <laughs> felt like I was listening to a bunch of jingles a lot of the time and then Ouch. other times I felt like I was listening to the soundtrack of one of those awful teen movies where loads of teenagers try to have sex with women who look 10 years older than them but it's supposed to be the same age um, drink that and Captain Stupido examples of it you know lyrics like beat your meat go to sleep um, I feel bad now saying this but I've, I've, I've made a bullet point here Nirmal, and I'm sorry but I'd written felt like the most juvenile humour imaginable um, <laughs> Um, wow. So yeah, I mean, the, the album just felt completely devoid of <laughs> emotion and intrigue for me, and also stupidly long for an album that just had... Had nothing for me, to me, nothing, so I'm no. sorry again, Noble. um There was a couple of times, there's a track called Them Changes and Where I'm Going, where he gets a little bit more serious, and it showed his, for me, his potential, but it just wasn't often enough in my... Eyes, so, so yeah, sorry, Nim. I feel guilty about that, but you know, I wouldn't feel too bad. I,
2: I, so I, I want to um, speak about you a know, different is? aspect. It's a different...
1: <laughs> Take it for what it is. I mean, gosh, you've got to impose the values of some sort of uh, quality. You know, quality of, <laughs> <laughs> of, of uh, uh, I don't know. Just uh, I don't know. Loss for words. I,
2: I um, as is he apparently. I uh, I wanted to, to sort of talk about a different aspect of it a little bit, really. Um, I mean, first of all, I just wanted to backtrack slightly and say, I don't know if you're aware of him, but he had a big role in Pimper Butterfly and various other major releases of the last number of years. Do you know that? No, I did not. Yeah, so he's a, he's a massive producer as well, isn't he? So And he's done a hell of a lot of production stuff. And, and and I personally think Pimper Butterfly is an incredible album. And I can see almost from listening to this album that I don't know for certain, but I can I can imagine I see the stamp of the kind of work that he does. In the polish, in the kind of um, uh, kind of uh, orchestration and that kind of stuff that works in these songs in, in a similar way to Pimp and Butterfly. so that's a good sign for me, you know. Um, and also, if you do see him on on uh, say Glastonbury or something, you've really got to just watch him play because I don't think I possibly have ever seen a better technical bass player than this guy he's absolutely astonishing yeah and i want to say Uh, i do think six string six string bass he's absolutely flying throughout i mean it's just just uh, an incredible thing to behold um that there's a big but though really for me which is um a big sort of uh downside to this which is a lot of it it seems to me musically speaking is incredibly self-indulgent in terms of there's no control or limits on the kind of songwriting that he produces. From from the standpoint of, the, of his instrument, he plays a lot of very very overly complicated, overly intricate things. He's like the he's like the Whitney Houston of bass. I feel <laughs> like he, yeah. he just seems desperate to to play 30 notes when he could play you know three. Um, and you know again, that's technically very impressive. But um, as I often say when I when I speak to my brother, who's actually a good musician. Um, you know, with great power comes great responsibility. With this, you know, you can't right, just Spider-Man. be, yeah, yeah, exactly, <laughs> Spiderman. Yeah, you can't, you can't just drop into every single possible note you're capable of playing just because it's there. You know, you need to think about what the choices are you make and show some control. And it's control I think that marks, uh, you know, a good songwriter from a, from a great one. You know, so um I also wanted to mention "Show You the Way," which I saw a performance of on an American TV show on on YouTube. Um, he does the song with Michael McDonald and Kenny Loggins, um, and uh, to me, this was like a, an absolute road accident of a song. I <laughs> mean, it was, it was just horrific. I, I, the problem was, I, th- I thought it was just... Um, it, it was just an attempt to make the uncool cool, like, desperately. It was just an attempt to turn... It, it was in, in, in a way, it was an incredibly hipster thing to do, in a way. It was just sort of like, let's find some really, really cheesy options for for collaborators here and slam them into the song and I'm just going to insist that they're cool and you're going to believe it because I'm Thundercat and therefore it's bound to be co- it's bound to be true you know so that was the worst song on the album for me and and I uh, yeah if you, he did a performance with both of those people um I think it might have been on cobert or or one of them um anyway it's worth worth checking out that because um it, it's just it's just ridiculous i thought totally ridiculous so so yeah i'm I'm not really as critical of the lyrical stuff i don't mean that I, I liked it much but i don't care for, as much about that as i do about the musical side of it which is which is a big problem for me so so yeah that's the that's the thunder cap for me i'm afraid any comeback normal or do you want to move on
1: I just think that, you know, I like to take the music at its value, face value and to see what it's done because, you know, every artist deserves uh, a fair shake um, and, and does not have to get beholden to their um, entire persona, you know, to, to be to be considered valuable.
2: And, and, and I, suppose, I suppose the problem with that is that we're, the whole point of this is for us to exercise our critical judgment about it. So if, if anything is acceptable, then we should just go home.
1: <laughs> Anything is acceptable, and we are home.
2: <laughs> well, that is. True. I can't argue with that. That is. Well, I'm not actually. I'm absolutely yeah. You you've, you've, you've uh, I on. I can carry, on. I can on, that. carry
0: on abusing Thundercat
2: because I'm not at home. <laughs> yeah, friends um... in my home, so yeah, that doesn't
0: count. Um... Oh well, all right. So should we move on? Yeah, Nick. What do you? What would you like to go to? Sandy Alex G or Perfume
2: Genius? Uh, let's talk about the the Sandy Alex G first. Um, and Fran, you you haven't gone first, and I think you go
0: first. Okay. It. Um, oh well, it's my week to be pretty negative about a lot of the stuff on this playlist. Um, I didn't. I didn't hate this. I didn't. It was kind of pleasurable to listen to at times, but it didn't really blow me away or suck me in particularly. It was kind of made me shrug my shoulders a little bit. Um, I kind of preferred some of the more folky tracks, and he did try to go a little bit experimental sometimes, but I wasn't really sure what. What the album was um i don't know i know that doesn't matter like what genre it is i know that's not a big deal but for me i just was never no, but the coherence sure of the album i think is is a meaningful way to assess yeah, it i would I agree with it that quite yeah. incoherent and um and yeah when i preferred tracks such as poison root and um powerful man they the more folky ones i then found his voice a little bit of a problem <laughs> uh, only a little bit but it was a little bit too like i like i say I can't sit here and say I really dislike this album in the same way I can right. say that about the Thundercat but right um there's nothing for me to write home about it either um okay yeah that's really okay. all I have to
2: say uh I'll jump in then um I thought uh I I see what you're saying I, I think it wasn't a terribly coherent effort but in a way uh, to be in its defense I think it's a little bit of a collage type album and and a little bit of a Sebado type album as well in terms of the lo-fi songs like Poison Root and there was one I wrote down Brick um, that I thought were were sort of Sebado in style in terms of production early Mm. Sebado Um, kind of rough um, a little bit incoherent but almost intentionally so if that makes sense if that's possible um so that that was kind of interesting to me uh but i i mean I, I don't know if i where i sort of sit on that in the end i don't know where, where i feel how i feel about the notion of it being incoherent but maybe happy to be so you know maybe that's maybe that's okay maybe it's not i i can't kind of resolve i don't that, think really. it was an
0: accident and i don't think it was i don't think he'd really say that he wasn't trying to be incoherent but i just think you kind of i don't know it only works if it's then absolutely brilliant i think to be a bit incoherent and, mm. That's what I struggled with a little bit. But. Yeah, yeah,
2: I mean, I would say, for example, going, going way back into a different genre, the, the Blood Orange album we looked at a long time ago, and even the Solange album maybe it's a, it's a little bit collage as well. You know, they have a lot mm. of different elements in them and a lot of different genres in them and stuff. But you got a stamp of control over that. And this felt more slammed together. This felt more, more thrown mm. together, you know? Um, uh, there was some Elliot Smith stuff. I thought it was a little bit derivative sometimes with that Elliot Smith tone. There was one song, Big, Big Fish. Uh, which had very much low sort of murmuring vocals, which is very much like the the early Elliot Smith stuff, which you know I do like, but again it didn 't feel like I could have got any, I got anything more than if I just gone back to Elliot Smith on some occasions you know um, the best track I had down was Judge, which was had these sort of low harmonies and kind of a mellow kind of groove to it um, but yeah I mean I, ultimately I, I think it 's a interesting exercise, and I would probably go back to him. Uh, and hear another one and see what what you came up mm. with, but I don't know if this is the one I would go back to necessarily. I might try and explore a little bit more of where he's going or see what the next one's like. But this one itself was, you know, um, not fantastic to me. It was it was it was okay. It was okay.
1: Yeah, I mean, nothing really stuck stuck after my my first few listens with it, you know. And I, I tended to skip the album um, to the next one, and and so like I I don't know I I thought again. You know to say what Nick is saying, and Elliot Smith seemed to be massive, you know, influence mm, yeah. here. And uh, I, I didn't spend a lot of time looking at what, you know his background, but it seems like he, you know, was very influenced by Elliot Smith and <coughs> his songwriting. Mm. So I liked the the darkness and kind of the melancholy of it, uh, but I didn't. But I didn't, uh, you know, I thought I thought it was a slightly more engaging in my end than Sylvanesso, but I thought that was a better compared for me it was a better comparison to look at sylvanessa in relation to this and, and i thought
2: really you
1: know, there was a little bit more uh yeah i kept my interest a little bit more than sylvanessa. Cause
2: because production miserable. yeah because it's miserably saying yeah but i mean production wise it's it couldn't be more different could it mm. i mean uh, and maybe that's what you're saying i suppose that, that you're you don't you don't like that
0: polished production as much is that what yeah, you're saying yeah yeah okay okay i mean they are quite a good point of comparison because they are very different aren't they but um yeah I'm not sure though, because I just feel like the goals are
2: so massively different and mm-hmm. I don't know how it, well it fits. But I think I see what you're saying though. I mean, uh, you know, Silvanesso is incredibly smooth. It's incredibly sort of, uh, yeah, rounded, you know. Um, and I mean, rounds around the edges of the melodies and stuff, you know, whereas this is a bit more jarring, you know, and I suppose that could be more interesting in some respects. So that leaves uh, Perfume Genius. It does.
0: Um, i I want to go last with this. Well, I feel like I'll start then because I think my opinion is going to be different to you two. Okay. Even before we, even before we start, because sure. I know you two. Uh, well, I was quite Can't a big fan of. I was quite Stop. a big fan of the previous <laughs> Perfume Genius album. Um, so far in our picky Bastards history, I'm sorry guys, but I've never been so disappointed with oh, an album that we've listened to. Um, it was just so dramatic. I just found it so over the top and um I liked the last album a lot, the previous one. Um but the, this felt like I'm I'm gonna use a soundtrack again for the second time in one show. <laughs> but it felt like the soundtrack to a musical that I did not want to see. Um <laughs> The song Reef um is the worst culprit for me in that in that way. I mean I was almost pictured him dancing around hills with Julie Andrews at one point. It right. was, um, I found it quite... Have you seen the video
2: to the single he's done? No. It does involve him dancing around in some fields with somebody. With I, don't, Julie I, I don't know. No, not with Julie Andrews, but with somebody. And I can't remember the, which song it, which single it was now, but yeah, right. uh, one of them has him dancing in the fields with somebody.
0: Okay. Well, there you go. I was yeah, almost yeah. there. Yeah, you were. You um, were. And yeah, I don't kind of get what happened to all the su- subtlety from the previous album. Um, I remember there being like songs with a lot of space in them, quite quiet songs that would then break into a bit of chaos and drama at the end, but these were just. I just found this a really chaotic album. It was all over the place, and um, I struggled quite a lot with it, which I, I don't think either of you are going to have, well, I can already tell that you didn't. Um, for me, there was two songs that came close to the standard of the last album, and I liked, which were Die For You and Alan. Um, I got a lot of enjoyment out of those two songs. I think they were more like what he was good at on the first album, but I just found it so over the top, so overblown. Right. So, Both tell me, one of you tell well. Nick wants to go last. I want so to go last. I know. And then we'll tell me how wrong I am.
1: Oh, this is my favorite album of the set uh, that we have. It was.
0: Something's uh, happened to your taste this week.
1: <laughs> yeah, you know, it's just—I I think I've come into my own here, and I'm ready <laughs> to break out from these conformist views that you and, 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 and both of you just outrageous. I'm uh, sorry. This Slightly. album, though, was a lot of. Again, uh, really enjoyable for me to listen to, but I thought it was exceptional in terms of what happened in relation to the first album. And so, like, the first album was so um,
2: <clears throat> heavy and intense. You mean the last album, don't you? By the way, because it wasn't his yeah. first. of people listening, <clears throat> it was his third. But yeah, I know what you're saying. Right, well,
1: yeah. right, right, right. His last, yeah, his last album. Yeah. So it was, it was really heavy, intense, very political, and um, beautiful. I thought it was an incredible, uh, you know, album, but. Uh, He takes, he goes, I think, in a different direction, and it made, um, I thought it was a real courageous thing to do because I think he was still successful in what he did in tapping into different funk kind of uh, sounds and um, some little bit more poppy sounds, and then uh, returning to the ballads that he's also, you know, I think from the last album, really shown to be excellent at. Um, so I, I heard, when this, I was listening to this, I was, I was hearing uh, an homage to like Prince in a lot of ways. I was hearing, mm-hmm. I, understand. I was hearing um, an homage, I was, there are things that resonated from uh, Christine and the Queen. And uh, then I was listening and I just kind of felt like it was, um, pushing beyond identity politics in some ways, which I mm. uh, was, was a little concerned that he would be captive to uh, in, in the last album. So mm. Mm.
2: Uh,
1: I was impressed both politically and musically by this one.
2: So I uh, spent a long time thinking about how I would approach this album, both just before I started listening to it and, and sort of after I'd gone through it a lot. Um, I was very, very concerned, honestly, honestly, that I would be swayed by how much I loved the previous album, you know, and that I wouldn't be able to see what was being achieved or what was attempted in this, in this one, you know? Um, so I really struggled with that for a long time, but, um, I think I, I can, I will say at the end of that process that, um, I think this is really a remarkable piece of work and, um, a really astonishing um, piece of just from a production standpoint, as somebody who does that stuff, uh, it's 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 exquisitely engineered. I mean, it's just got some incredible. The way the bass end is so clean, so well defined. Like the the dynamics in the songs, it, even from the very first song, um, works so well. Uh, it's it's kind of amazing to me because um, uh, Adrian Utley of Porter said produced the last one. I don't think he did this one, but I think some of the stamps that he picked up from from that experience which weren't in his first two albums as much i don't think uh have carried through to this and that's that's a very good thing because um there were some really interestingly um sort of experimental modes he tried to use in this album um so it, it was genuinely refreshing to hear even though i knew him and i knew what he had done in the previous album i, I felt like it was it was really um it was thrilling. I can say it was. It was a thrilling thing to 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 see uh, somebody push themselves that hard, as you said yourself, Normal, and uh, produce such uh, unusual musical shapes with what yeah. is basically um, a keyboard, a bass, uh, and a d- drum kit, and him, and, that, and that's it. With you know bits of piano and stuff. That that's basically it. It sounded a lot bigger than that, and in that sense, I can see what Fran's saying about being you know huge and you know from his point of view overblown um but I, for me that was that was no problem because that that fitted with the grandiose scope he was trying to engage with you know so uh so yeah i mean I, i'm i'm honestly i'm not i sort of felt like maybe uh you'd not be into this one fran honestly i <laughs> I, I, I don't know why i've had that sense but i i yeah, I think on, after long, long reflection, I, I would really do settle that this is a great, great album. I'll be putting it on vinyl. It's not. I'm often I buy a new album on vinyl, and I'll be doing that for this one. Um, it was, it was easily, it was easily, easily the, my favorite of the five.
0: Well, I'm glad I went straight in with my negativity because <laughs> that was some quite high praise. Um, don't think it'll be changing my mind, <laughs> it. I mean, I've got to say, I think I was. I was gutted that I didn't like this album right, because right. actually Nick you bought me the previous album on vinyl for my birthday. I did. And uh I, I really liked that album. Yeah. And that's why yeah. I was I think quite so Ven- I can't say the word angry about Sounds this like song he has to
1: give you this album on for your birthday next year um,
0: yeah next year yeah, I might be away for that
2: birthday
0: <laughs> he's going <laughs> away he's not coming back for that birthday bang <laughs> on his front yeah, door he won't be answering I'd love to love this album and actually he's playing in um, Manchester in so November in, yeah. in a really small venue and I'm still tempted to see him because, really If you because it that I like much. the last album so much but then I think I'd have to listen to that I'd have to go out while he played that song Reef and <laughs> bash my head against the wall or something okay but all
2: right well i'll go on my own then i'm sorry to Thank yeah you.
0: sorry to put a downer on it but it just didn't no? didn't get me well it's, it's it's you know you're very skilled at putting down on it so don't well, worry i've got to say i think it's one of the first times that i've been the uh the more negative of the three yeah, yeah but I, so can i ask
2: um what we thought of the list as a whole then as Just before we get into national stuff,
0: well, should I get the negativity straight in? I thought it was the worst list we've done so far. Okay, Um, Okay. I only liked one album particularly. Okay, I I would say maybe two and
2: a half of the five I liked, um, but the ones I didn't like were were pretty pretty poor. So it, it was a mixed bag. Definitely a mixed bag. This one, we've had better lists than this one. I would say.
1: Yeah, I got nothing. I got nothing to say. I got nothing to say.
2: Okay, that's, that's really helpful place, on a you, that's, that's really helpful so, on a really helpful on a podcast because <laughs> i have nothing to say. That's perfect. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so let's talk about the national. Uh, we'll, we'll give Fran the floor for maybe you know an hour and a half, and he can yeah, talk about how much he loves the national. Just
0: um, <laughs> just if I if I get if I feel if it feels like I'm getting stuck, All right. Because I just geek out too much about the national and just yeah. slap me around the back of the head. And, and at the end, Nermal and I'll just be like, yes. And yes. that'll be the end of it. <laughs> uh, no, I'll try to be reasonably brief. Um, and for, for those ends, I won't introduce the band too much. I think nowadays most people know who they are. Um, yep. Although when I started listening to them, they were a bit of a cult band. Um, and nobody really knew much about them when I mentioned them, which I kind of liked at the time because it made me feel special. Yeah. But I feel a bit less oh, special Oh, you are now. a special snowflake, no know, question. But just in case anybody doesn't know who they are, they're a five-piece Ohio band with two sets of brothers and then their lead singer matt berninger their debut album came out in 2001 and they've got a new one out on in september the 8th this year which i have pre-ordered on vinyl obviously um <laughs> so to get started i'll just tell you a little bit about how i discovered the band it's not quite as exciting a story as Dermal's neutral story about neutral, milk neutral hotel and playing, story. Not being in the middle of india or <laughs> you know that's a bit more exciting but for me it's quite a big deal um so I used to, I had a friend, um, well, I've still got that friend. He's not dead or anything, <laughs> um, but he, we were very, we've still got a similar taste in music, but we used to give each other CDs, we'd burn each other CDs and we'd, you know, pass them to each other and then we'd listen to them all. And I was sat in my bedroom one day in my mum's house. So this is 12 years ago or so. Um, I was playing a game called Football Manager. So anyone who knows what that game is, uh, will, that will tell you how long ago this was. Um Wow. And I was kind of putting these blank CDs at random into my into my CD player. It was bands like The Cribs and Block Party and um, yep. The Rakes, a lot of very indie bands that was my big thing at the time, that and hip-hop. And, um, and I put this album in, and it was kind of... The first song was what we now know as Fake Empire, but yep. all I heard at the time was that amazing little piano beat at the start, and then he comes in with Stay Up Super Late Tonight, picking apples, making pie, put a little something in your lemonade and take it with us. And I was just like, what is this? Mm. So I immediately got onto the phone to my friend and he had no idea what it was. And somehow this album had snuck into this list of burnt CDs that he'd given me. And I spent the first um, 20, 30 listens, because it was, the, believe it or not, it was kind of before we used to go straight to Google and just Google the lyric. Um, So I spent maybe the first 30 listens just... Completely clueless to who I was listening to, to what I was listening to, until eventually I played it to one friend who had actually burnt that CD for my other friend. So it was kind of the first time and the last time that I remember just being so enthralled by an album so quickly, mm. and um, just listened to it on repeat without actually having a clue who I was listening to. Yeah, yeah. All I kept saying was, who's this dude who sounds a bit like Johnny Cash? Because <laughs> that's the only comparison I had from the music I listened to then. Right. So as well as that being how I first heard them, it's kind of kind of a big deal to me in a way because... It kind of changed a lot about my, the way I look at music and my tastes. Um, I kind of looked at music in a bit of a different way after that. I kind of looked for a bit more depth in what I was listening to a lot of the time, which sounds cheesy as hell, but it kind of is the case. And now Boxer, that turned out to be the album Boxer, which I've done a playlist to show you to The National this time to show the listeners, but, the, but Boxer itself remains probably my favourite album of all time, alongside in Rainbows by Radiohead. And slow show, which is track number six on boxer, is arguably my favourite song of all time. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm just going to run a few through a few things now about why I think this band's so special. Uh, there's three main points. Um, so one is the way they build a song, um, which sounds quite simplistic, but I'm going to compare it to last time when Nick was talking about PJ Harvey, and he talked about how she has a lot of songs that are completely rife with tension. But that tension kind of never breaks and the songs don't break and it just remains that tense, well I think The National were the exact opposite of that, like they build their songs really slowly and then they kind of crack open and they, they, I think that's equally effective but they build layer and layer upon the songs and that's kind of, we get a bit of chaos towards the end and I think it makes them a lot of people call them depressing but um, I think that factor makes them a really uplifting band to listen to Um, two particular examples on the playlist that I put together of how they build songs like that are a song called England which is from High Violet which I put on quite late just so I can make this point Mm. and then a song called About Today which is a very early song of theirs actually that they then then did a fantastic live version of which I included on the playlist Um, so that's my first point, my second I'm just going to say the name Brian Devendorf Um, in many ways he would be the quiet man of the band but the national sound wouldn't exist without them. He's he's the drummer, and the drums are so crucial to this band. Um, just on this playlist that I put together, there's songs like Fake Empire, Mr. November, Apartment Story, and Afraid of Everyone, which um, the drums really bring to life. And for me, that's a big part of why this band managed to be uplifting and energetic, while also being quite melancholy. Um, and then finally, and probably the biggest reason I love this band, is the lyrics. Matt Ber- Berninger's lyrics are just mind-blowing to me. He's... He manages to be funny, miserly, bitter and brilliant all at the same time and all often in the space of a single verse. So I'm just going to pick out now a couple of my um, favourite lyrics before I pass over to you guys. So from an emotional perspective, probably my favourite lyric of theirs is in Slow Show, the song which I mentioned earlier. It's a refrain towards the end of the song where he repeats, You know I dreamed about you for 29 years before I saw you. You know I dreamed about you, I missed you for 29 years. I mean, it's a very simple lyric, but I think it's just such a beautiful way of saying a common sentiment that's in lots of other songs, but in such an original way. And then from a funnier side of uh, things, I I love the line, which is in um, This Is The Last Time, where he says, Oh, don't tell anyone I'm here. I've got Tyler beer." I think it's an example of how he's funny and really quite miserable and depressing in Mm. one sentence, which is a pretty impressive skill. Mm. And now just to... Go on for a little bit longer. Um, Probably, for me, the best opening verse to a song that I've ever heard from Baby Will Be Fine, which is off uh, the album Alligator. So it's... All night I lay on my pillow and pray for my my boss to stop me in the hallway. Lay my head on his shoulder and say, Son, I've been hearing good things. Hmm. I wake up without warning and go flying around the house, me and my sauvignon fierce, freaking out. Take a 45-minute shower and kiss the mirror and say, look at me, Baby Will Be Fine. It's just... It almost puts shivers up my spine. It's mm. just such a clever... It's all about himself. The song's called Baby Will Be Fine. You hear that, you think it's a love song. That you sing, but It's all about himself and trying to make himself probably not kill himself, but in quite a funny way, which I think is <laughs> quite magical, really. Um, so I spoke to you both before and asked you if you'd pick out a couple of lyrics. um, so, I thought maybe we could just run through some of the lyrics that you guys chose before you start telling me what you what you think about the band in general sure um, that sounds fine number no, why, why, why don't you jump in actually first <laughs> yeah sure i
1: <clears throat> there are a couple lines I, I first of all, I kind of agree with you know what you're saying, Fran, about the lyrics and the being such a captivating piece of this band i love it so much and, and also the if you ever seen him live you know just the performance of it as well it's, it's wonderful um i was always really struck by the line of uh, i still owe money to the money to the money yes, i owe. Line. <laughs> i love that line. yeah it's fantastic and uh, also like the uh, the line that goes um summer center runner for the feeling i was under for the feeling that i lost today I think yeah that's the one. yeah uh, it was a great sort of sequence you know it's just that that um both of those lines are like uh interesting uh rolling sentiments that go on for multiple phrases and i am just like you know y- y- you know i'm not only impressed by the l- lyrics but it's just the melody is so catchy and mm. and 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 uh resonant at the same time as he's singing it so i think that combination really gets me
0: yeah i mean i'd go along with the i still owe money to the money to the money i owe line that's always one that gets me every time it's another one that's just so simple but yeah there's just mm-hmm. something it's so clever about it as well i mean
2: yeah yeah absolutely and i think i think lots of what you said i, I resonate with fran and, and you turn it to no more <clears throat> but i think one thing in particular was um the humor the dark humour, you know, mm. I think that works, that works so well in so many of the songs. And I, I think they are um, uh, pretty sombre in a lot, of ca- a lot of occasions, but there's some, there's some really nice turns, you know, like that. So the lyric I had in particular was from Apartment Story. Um, Hold ourselves together with our arms around the stereo for hours while it sings itself or whatever it does, while it sings to itself of its long-lost loves. I'm getting tired, I'm forgetting why. Which I also love the half rhyme in that as well on the last Mm. two lines. Um, So, no, I mean, he's clearly a very, very strong writer. I think a lot of these songs could stand uh, without the music lyrically, you know, as poems. Mm. I think they could actually work that way. Not all of them, but but a lot of them. Um, I also was introduced to the band through uh, Fake Empire. uh, And I think the mode of production of that song as well uh, is, let me say, it's it's a little bit like Perfume Genius, eh? It's kind of got that... (laughs) That are very clever, um, very polished, and also very clever construction that works um, with so many elements or disparate elements appearing to not fit, and then they ultimately do gel into one, mm. uh, which I think was just was is a genius move um, that 's the strongest piece of music they 've ever they 've ever done in my opinion. Um, I suppose uh, if I was to criticize the band, which is, i don 't do readily because I, I do think they 're great. Uh, I'd say that they, there's not as much variety across the albums as, as, there, as there could be or there, there is in some other bands. Mm. I just feel like if you were to compare it to like a Radiohead, for example, I think there's more variety, even though that's also quite a sombre band. Um, yeah. th- this, this band does something extremely, extremely well and they, they keep doing that and, and that's, that's a great thing. But I, you know, to me, I, it doesn't turn as much as some, some artists. But anyway, that, that's a minor thing, it really I is. Mean, but...
0: I don't think that's a point that I would argue with, but I think it. I think... I think they change enough with each album for me. It's a tiny change with each album. But there's always mm. something slightly different about, mm. about the way the the production or there's always some element that changes just slightly that it's enough. Mm. I mean, there's a lot of pressure on them actually to change majorly with this new album and there's talk of a bit more electronic stuff in there, which okay, I've heard about will that, be interesting, yeah. but I hope they don't go too far with it personally. I don't want them yeah. to become a different band because for me, they're just they're doing what they do and they're doing it in an exceptional way that I don't want them to mess with too much. Yeah, even though I do, I do. That's a point that is often made about them, that they don't change it up enough. But
2: yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, maybe it's a question of uh, style. Maybe it's a question of pacing. Hmm. Um, And the other thing, the other one observation I was going to make was I I think when I say Fake Empire is their strongest song, and um, that's in keeping with when they really broke, isn't it? When when that single came out, that's where they really, you know. And and I would say although the playlist was very interesting to go back through a lot of the earlier stuff. Uh, and a lot of it I did like. I don't think. I, I think in a way there is. It is reasonable that they broke at that point in a way. In mm. other words, that that stuff is when they really turn to another level of ability and skill, which I didn't see as much in the early stuff. Uh, you know, I still liked it, but I, I think it wasn't wasn't quite as strong. So, um, so yeah. In other words, it wasn't just like they were hidden away with you know six. Amazing, faultless albums, and then suddenly they finally got discovered. Yeah. I feel like they, they did something remarkable, and they've been kind of credited with that by, by the success they had later on. You know, yeah, so.
0: in a way. But I mean, Alligator was the album before Boxer, and that was kind of where they got started getting a lot more critical acclaim. And then Boxer High Violet is where they really burst out and became a big band. But the album yeah. it is well, it's a well known thought that you know, Sad Songs for Dirty Lovers and the National, the sort of first two albums yeah. were. We're weaker albums I yeah. think I picked yeah. some of the better songs I mean they've, they've got yeah, a lot yeah. of good songs on sure. them, but, um, I mean every yeah. band
2: needs to grow and uh, you know and there's not many bands that hit the ground with the first album and do something yeah. and that's the best thing they do it's pretty unusual uh, and that's, that's not even to be you know sought after really I think it's nice to see that growth because then mm. you can if you follow them early on you see that develop and each one is better or if you don't you can dig back through and see how they got to where they are you know which is all interesting stuff so yeah um, yeah so something, no, uh,
1: something to be said there too about uh, national the quality of the drumming in it. Yeah, uh, I always find it really infectious and and, and prominent in the music and kind yeah. Of, uh, it, the guy the guy is really talented. I don't know how good he is technically, but he's just really. He's very good
2: technically, in my opinion. I'm I'm not a drummer personally, but I, I listen to a lot of that stuff, and I feel like he's he's extremely good. He's probably the best technical musician in the band
1: yeah I mean the, the drum seems so it seems to pass so much
0: for me yeah he's, he's, he is crucial to them I mean mm. say the tech the best musician it's I mean the the Destin brothers are both sort of classic classical musicians and stuff as well which is interesting there's a lot of talent in that band but I think he comes to the fore musically just yeah. because he's so important to their sound yeah um but yeah did that did, is there any other songs was there any songs that you guys hadn't experience because i know you both knew them but maybe not as yeah as i mean i, I didn't said. know
2: as much of the early stuff definitely yeah. not um and as i say that was intriguing stuff but uh but not quite as i, I wouldn't return to it as much as i would return mm. to the later stuff basically yeah but there wasn't any particular track that i that jumped out of me out those early ones i wanted to talk
0: about right now but no more do you think
1: i hadn't heard the last couple ones that you put on there
0: um that the more recent ones uh... so exile vilify and um System yeah. Of dreams in total Dark. Yeah, well, the yeah. system dreams in total darkness came out while i was making this um playlist uh, yeah, so yeah, it yeah. was um it wouldn't have been there but then it came out and i kind of added it on because i had to because i was listening to it obsessively so um, i would say
1: the one song that i wish you know i not wish but the one song that i was like oh this one should be on this list is uh karen
0: uh, oh karen yeah karen's uh, a fantastic song i tried to keep song. myself to like three songs per album though and um <laughs> And that's what I, I do with Puja Harvey exactly the same yeah. I couldn't I couldn't not have which ones did I have off the of Alligator I had um, Mr. November Baby Will Be Fine and um, and one more which I can't remember off the top of my head but they were sort of three of my favourite songs so it was difficult Karen's up there for me though it's a it's a great song
2: great piece yeah okay so um, I think that kind of brings it to uh, a close just about doesn't it yeah I think um, it does So, yeah, uh, let's talk about what's going to happen next time round. Um, And and we're going to take a little bit of a break, Army, over August. Yeah. Uh, That's fair to say, isn't it? So, because we're all away on holiday and stuff, as probably anybody who's listened to this is as well. So, uh, yeah, and then we're going to come back straight
0: after that and do another one with the following albums. So, yeah. So, for me, it's going to be Marika Hackman's I'm Not Your Man. And then, surprisingly, I picked... um, an album that Bryce Dessner from The Nationals is involved in uh, with Sufjan Stevens, James McAllister and Nico Muhly, and that's called Planetarium.
2: Okay, I picked uh, Algiers' uh, The Underside of Power and then uh, Paul Bearer's Heartless, both uh, albums from this year. One's, in fact, Algiers came out about a week ago, I think.
1: And I'll be introducing Chlor Chlor. Chlor which is a older album that's a classic and uh, also putting together a playlist of Leonard Cohen.
2: All right. Okay, great. It. Well, uh, yeah, so sounds like we're soon. sounds like we're there then. Thanks very much. We'll see you next time. Bye. <laughs>